This Week in the 90s podcast. Hi, everybody. Hey, what's happening? Welcome to This Week in the 90s. I'm Sarah Tiana. Hey, as always, Tony Baloney. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know what that means. I don't know either, but you've had a glass of wine, so you're feeling frisky. Yeah, and I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been watching a baby all afternoon. That's our new life. Yeah, right. Um, so uh, I'm doing. How you been? <laughs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, I believe it. You know, we're about to shoot our first big episode of um, my show. I don't know if we've actually. I was talked actually about just it. gonna say, have we talked about it? I don't remember. I don't think we have because I think it was announced. I don't know if it was announced last time we recorded. Um, but anyway, I'm, uh, David Spade has a new show on Netflix that is going to be called the after party. Uh, it's him, fortune Peemster, London Hughes. And we're before the show premieres, uh, in January, we are going to do an end of the year wrap up show with all these different casts and uh and stars from netflix shows which will premiere december 13th on netflix awesome i am the the head writer and the co-executive producer you are (laughs) no congratulations it is so awesome and so well deserved you work so hard and uh i cannot wait i mean actually you know hearing all the behind the scenes stuff Mm -hmm. about what's been going on cannot wait to finally see it me too. Coming up real soon. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Um, it is so much more work than I thought. Uh, you know, before I've been a writer on the show, you just kind of write jokes and sketches. And call it a day. Call it a day. <laughs> and um, not only am I writing jokes and sketches, um, I am deciding what color the chairs should be. Right. And, right. Um, Stuff that you wouldn't normally think about now you kind of have yeah. to make decisions on. And that's, uh, you know, it's different. Yeah, I'm watching video clips and going like, nope, take that out. You know, yep. I'm like deciding what clips we should roll in the show, you know, deciding like creating all the content, my, you know, between myself and the other executive producers, like coming up with a lot, a lot of the ideas, like because we don't have the luxury of having all the writers there. A lot of times it's just been me and Spade and um, the other two EPs, Tom and Brad. And so it's been crazy and a lot of work. Yeah. And my neck hurts really bad. Because I'm looking down all day, just typing, right, and assigning, and typing, and sign assigning, and um, plus the COVID of it all, we have to wear masks in the office all day. I have to walk outside to drink water, so we take tests twice a week. We, you know, have to take an assessment every day and get our temperature. Taken. It's it's a lot. So, um, but it's gonna be awesome. So it's gonna it, be awesome. it'll all be worth so it. So worth it. Yeah, it'll all be worth it. So I'm tired because of that, and you're tired because I'm gone more, and you have to watch Cage more. <laughs> yeah, you're totally gone more, so I'm like single dad. I want to get a t-shirt from when we walk around town, you know? It's like single dad. A lot of hot ladies. Yeah, like, hey, I'm a single dad. Are you like looking at the monitor? Yeah, I was actually just looking at him. He did a nice adjustment change. He was like, you know, facing east up against the west wall and kind of did like a full kind of 270 spin. And and put himself back to sleep. Very impressive uh, uh, for the young lad. Yeah, he's he's getting so big. He says. Yeah, he's so big. So he's nine and oh. a half. He's nine and a half. Is he moving around again? So he's nine and a half months now, and is like 
crazy still big. He's 99th percentile for height and 95 percentile for weight. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's a lot. I definitely have never had back trouble before. Mm-hmm. I guess if you know any uh, new parents can, can can attest to this, I've never had any type of back issues, knock on wood. And in the last few months, I've just been randomly getting lower back spasms all the time. Yeah, a lot yeah. of it is because A, he's heavy. Yeah. Right now he's got separation anxiety, so anytime you put him down, he freaks out. Yep. But he's learning to crawl, and he right now he army crawls. He's uh, yeah. He's kind of late to the crawling game because he's so big and heavy. heavy. He his like can't he heavy. can't move himself. He can't like get him get his big ass and big head uh, you know off the ground. It's actually really funny. funny. Yeah, but it's really funny. He's very smart. He knows how to wave. He says, mama, he says, wow. Yep. No, <laughs> not, da- in, not no, in, not in that order, but no. <laughs> uh, no data yet. So I'm like still but bottom of the barrel. Wow from you. Cause you always say that you're like, wow. Wow. Yeah. You say that a lot. Oh, I do. When you're watching I oh, all the time. Oh, you don't, I don't know even, that you say that. I, I don't even notice. That's why he says it. I don't say, wow. Wait, really? When you're watching football, when you're watching sport, you're like, wow. Or yeah. you're reading something that's terrible <laughs> or that you hate. Or you're funny. like, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah. cool. Or somebody, or I say something that's rude and you're like, what? You know, playful. how about that? I taught, yeah. I taught my son something. Yeah. So he might not say dada, but he does repeat things that you're saying. Already. Oh man, he is up and moving around now. He's looking for his pacifier, which he can now find and put into his mouth on his own. Super impressive. Yeah. Babies are amazing. <laughs> yes. Let's have another one. Oh God. No. <laughs> Um, okay, so what, it's episode 18. What do we got? Yeah, this is uh, the week November 29th through December 5th. Great. 1994. Oh, far out. Awesome. Yeah, where were you in 1994? Uh, 1994 would have been my freshman year of high school, so I was probably, we are smack dab in the middle. Let's see. I would say probably freshman basketball probably just started. Normally, we uh, football season November? run. Yeah, so football season uh, runs... All the way through the fall, so I played freshman football, ran all the way through the fall, and then, you know, depending on how far the varsity advances, Mm -hmm. my freshman year, I feel like we got knocked out in the first round, and so then you kind of play pickup basketball, the gym kind of opens up for open gym, and then Thanksgiving hits, and then usually that Monday after Thanksgiving is tryouts, so I feel like that that was kind of the timeline. (laughs) It's incredible that you remember that. Yeah, and then... uh, they would have had the team picked, and we probably would have started probably two days of tryouts, maybe just one, maybe two, and then uh, they would have got practice going, and we were ready to rock. Wow. Yeah, that was fun. Those are the days. Yeah, those were the days. I mean, I was uh, this was been be my junior year of high school, and um, I can't remember. I feel like we might have been getting ready for plays at this time. My mom and dad would know better because they were involved as well. They always my dad had to build all the sets and my mom made all the costumes. That's so fun. It's that's so, so cool. cool. Yeah, they that's were so, so cool. Good about it. And I feel like we did one in this like in the in the winter and then we did one in the spring. What was the winter one? Do you have any idea? No, I don't remember what it was. My my senior year I remember. My junior year I have no idea. What was your senior year play? Uh, my senior year, we did Once Upon a Mattress because my mom and I played the same role at the same age in high school. Whoa. We both played Princess Winifred in Once Upon a Mattress, which is the story of the princess and the pea. Carol Burnett played the part on Broadway. Uh, fun. Yes. It's like funny, fun. Like Right. She's the one that sleeps on top of all the mattresses but can pee all the pee. No idea. It doesn't matter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with mattresses and pee in a whole other way. Oh, my gosh. Well done. Great job uh, by you. You should be a writer. <laughs> 
Uh, so anyway, this is... Uh, 94. 94. And December okay, great. 2nd, 1994, okay. Heidi Fleiss is oh convicted and sentenced to prison. Oh, man. Your idol. You know, <laughs> in a way, that's such horseshit that she had to go to prison. Especially if you think about what other people have done that deserve to go to prison and haven't. Right. All she did, right, was run a high-end escort service for celebrities. Like, I mean, I, I mean, 1994, but, I, I guess I understand, like, why people kind of, but in, you know, I, I and this is, like, me kind of being a hypocrite because I, I hate when people take modern-day sensibilities and apply right. them to the past, but just looking at it through a 2020 lens, like, who cares about prostitutes and, like, setting up, like, famous rich dudes who are all coked out anyway. Cause like Charlie Sheen, I know Tom Sizemore was like a client, like famously. Well, she, that was her boyfriend. Right. Right. Uh, so Charlie like, Sheen like, was a client. like who, who cares? I, but I Heidi Fleiss, agree. Heidi Fleiss was famously friends with Nicole Brown. Well, Since can I it, talk sorry, about sorry, her sorry, first? Sorry. <laughs> I'll tell you. Sorry. <laughs> she uh, wrote I, a really like a book that was like super scandalous too. Uh, I don't know about the Nicole Brown Simpson thing, but I'll just tell you a little bit about her. So, in 19... This is a good one, by the way. Well done. Good poll. <laughs> way to know your audience, me. <laughs> so in 1990, she launched her, uh, her own high-class prostitution ring and soon became known as the Hollywood Madam. Mm -hmm. In 93, she was charged by the state of California with five counts of pandering. What does that even mean? What does that even mean? The case went to trial and a jury convicted flies on three of the five counts. I think pandering means you're like asking for... I don't know. Okay. She received the mandatory minimum sentence of three years in prison, but in a 1996 appeal, the conviction was overturned after jurors admitted to vote trading and other infractions. Whoa. The following year, she was tried in federal court where she was convicted of tax evasion. Right. That's usually how they money get you. laundering. That's yeah. how they get you. That's how they get you. Uh, she received a 37-month sentence, which she served at a federal correctional institution in Dublin, California. She did all 37 months? Uh... I don't think that she actually did the full 37, wow. but there's a lot about her. Um, obviously, the trials were really famous. Super famous because of the, and, the names um, involved. The most famous thing, I think, still to this day, she has never released the names of who's in her black book. Like People have said they have pages of it, but they're not proven to be true. Yeah, and and to this day, she's given interviews as as like six months ago. She still has not said any names. Amazing. Yeah, good for her. That yeah. is awesome. Good for her. But there's all these, you know, there's all these theories of who's in there. The only sure. one we know about really is Charlie Sheen because he he's went, talked about it. And the whole reason that he well he defended her at the trial. He he was a um, oh defendant, no, a witness, a witness. Yeah. Uh, and the reason was when she was arrested. She had traveler's checks in her wallet that were signed by him, so he had paid her in traveler's wow. checks. Wow! Yeah, and I all-time stupid move. <laughs> well, I mean, he said so. Apparently, he gave like sixty thousand dollars or something, like helped her on in her trial or whatever. And um, he they like he said that he paid, spent like fifty three thousand dollars on like prostitutes with her or whatever. Of course he did. Um, she says it was more like 400,000 <laughs> and then and they that, don't talk anymore. And that's why she goes to jail for tax evasion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. So, um, 
apparently at the the height, uh, she was making she made her first million dollars after only four months in the business, and on her slowest night, she made ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Uh, I'll just tell you a little bit about how she started. She was born in L.A. She had Jewish parents. Apparently, her dad was a really famous pediatrician in L.A. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And um, she had two brothers and three sisters. She dropped out of high school at the age of 16. Wow. And she has said in multiple interviews that, like, her parents were great. They gave her every opportunity. She just squandered it. It was not their fault. They did everything right. Um, so she doesn't blame them for anything, which I think well, is kind good. of cool, you know, like, yeah, I mean, she's had plenty of time to and she's been through a lot that she could easily. Her, I think her signature move is she doesn't throw anybody under the bus except for herself. Right. Um, I going to come back to that. Yeah, you're right. So when she was 22, she started managing a prostitution ring for a lady named Madam Alex, uh, who she met through her film director boyfriend, Ivan Nagy. He was like this Hungarian filmmaker, and then he shot a lot of, t- like, directed a lot of TV shows in LA, like Chips and Starsky and Hutch and stuff like oh, that. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. So she met Madame Alex through her boyfriend and then started working for this lady. And the lady just kind of started grooming her to take over the business because she was <laughs> so, like, immediately good at it. Like, you're 22. How do you 22. just get into the Madame business? Well, it was a very, they had, because this madam was older, so they had this like love, hate, mother, daughter, you know, obviously she was young and 16, left, not smart. She dropped out of high school. Well, she was smart, uh, street smart. Yeah, I mean, she ran a multi-million dollar yes, business. But she, you know, dropped out, of, like wasn't close with her parents, you know, maybe suffered a little bit from being like lost amongst all the children that in the family. Right. Um, and so kind of took to this lady as like this pseudo mother figure, sure, sister figure, sense. friend. Uh, and um, she described the, re- Heidi has described the relationship as like, ab- like a love hate, like abusive type relationship, like maybe verbally. Abusive. Yeah. It sounds, I don't know about physically. Like yeah. It sounds like it. So Heidi also practiced prostitution for a time just to learn the ropes. <laughs> She said, she's like, got to get your hands dirty. That's what she was like. I can't be putting women out there if I'm not, if I'm not aware of what they're going through. So she, uh, that's how she learned to take over the business. There was, that ain't ain't an apprenticeship at the, you know, the changing tires and oil oil changes. Apparently also the business was suffering because Madam Alex was older. And then a lot of her prostitutes were getting older. Because they all kind of came up together. So she charged Heidi with like bringing in new young talent. And boy, did she ever. Right. Yep. So she <laughs> she did a very good job. Wow. Of that. Uh, and by 1990, she had severed her links and started her own. And she, so she made her first million after four and months. She, she you put know. that old lady out of business, man. By 1991, so a whole one year. She was so successful that she was able to reject women who wished to work for her. <laughs> In June of 1993, she was arrested. Um, when she was Jeez. asked under oath who her clients were, she refused to say it, saying it's not my style. Uh, there were several documentaries, TV movies made oh, about yeah. her. Jamie Lynn Ziegler, yeah, yeah I like played all her. Um, she wrote a book. Too. Oh no, you know she's what? I'm written a couple. Sorry, books. you know what? I'm thinking about Faye Resnick. I'm thinking about Faye Resnick, not Heidi Fleiss. That's my bad. Um, she Nicole had a, stuff, so. like a, a, a column in Maxim called Ask, Hi- Ask Heidi. 
She was on Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother in the UK. She was the second out. (laughs) (laughs) And then she kind of moved to Nevada where it was like legal. Basically like kind of running on using her name as like she has a legendary name. So like why wouldn't you take advantage of it? So um, she was arrested again in 2013 when police found 400 marijuana plants growing at her house in Prump. Jesus. Um, not not legal, I guess. They didn't arrest the her. They just uh, submitted a report. I, I shouldn't have said she was arrested. Yeah. Uh, in 2005, she announced plans to open a brothel called Heidi Fleiss's Stud Farm. Love it. Uh, she also opened a laundromat called Dirty Laundry. Funny. <laughs> and then, uh, but her plans for the brothel were put on hold. And I think. Now she says she wants to open a transvestite brothel. She thinks there could be a lot for that. And like, uh, man, people are more open. Lamar Odom was kind of like part of the inspiration for that. Right. Uh, He had his stroke at a, at a uh, brothel that she knew, uh, like helped, but she wasn't involved in it. I don't know. So, um, gosh, I don't know. She's like, and she's really into macaw parrots. Like, that's her new obsession. She's, like, more into them than human beings. So she just hangs out with a bunch of parrots at her house? She's the bird lady now. Oh, and like So I guess, like, she, she when she moved Prump, uh, she... It's called Perump. It's, like, P-A-H-R-U-M-P, which is very... It's a great name for a... In Nevada, though? That's a, a, city, town. That's a city in Nevada a town or a town? In, yeah, like a small town outside of Vegas. Oh, okay. Um, I've heard of it because I think I've like they have like really shitty comedy shows okay, there. You've it's done like a, of, you've done a really obscure show there. Yeah, once. like a dirty <laughs> bar. Um, but I guess she moved into like an old mad like an old mad like she lived next to this lady that was an old madam and like they became friends and that lady had a bunch of parrots and macaws. Oh, they're she like took them over. Well, when the lady died, like as she's like being helicopter lifted from the house, she's like, take care of my birds. Oh, and my so God. Famous did. last words. Like, yeah. So like now <laughs> she like only cares about these birds. And um, she did talk about Tom Sizemore a little bit. Like they definitely had a very violent relationship. Oh, yeah, for sure. He was a big drug addict. And she says it's the only reason he was a drug addict is because he was always afraid of being fat because he was super fat in some Will Smith movie that that's so funny. enemy of the state or something. Enemy of the state. Yeah. When would that have been? Um, well, it would have been like early two thousands or late nineties. Like yeah. Uh, mid to whenever they were dating. Like, I mean, that was in her prime. So it must've been before 94. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, she's like, he's really only a, um, into drugs and she's like he's not into anything like they tried to convict him of something in the me too movement with like an 11 year old girl and she's like he's never been into that he's really only ever been into horse porn like that's his only thing and you're like i'm sorry what (laughs) she's like yeah he just liked to see women like fuck horses yeah I mean, in fairness, horses do have gigantic I mean, don't. Let's not talk about it. It's so gross. But I'm like, oh, that's his only thing. You know what I mean? Like, I would would say that's kind of a deal breaker. But, you know, to each his own parrot lady. So, you know. Parrot lady and the horse porn guy. I mean, what a match. A match match made in heaven. (laughs) I mean, look, if those two kids can't make it, who's going to in this crazy world? So, 
Anyway, that is <laughs> wow. Heidi Fleiss. Amazing. Yeah, Great so. one. Yeah. Heidi Fleiss, big uh, big 90s name. Yeah. Yeah, big 90s name. Another big 90s name. This happened December 1st, 1994. Um, Jim Baker released from jail. A lot of prison stories this oh, week. Oh, man. Remember Jim, Jim Baker? Jim Baker, Tammy the, Baker's Yeah, the, the evangelist the guy, the religious dude. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Didn't they scam a bunch of people? Is that Well, what? I'll tell you. Great. <laughs> So, Again, a va- vague memories of that. <laughs> him and his wife, Tammy. Timothy Baker had like the crazy makeup, yes, right? Yeah, big yeah, blonde yeah. hair, super Texas-y. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they were from Minneapolis. Uh, they met at a Bible college in Minneapolis in 1960. They got married a year later. They left college early to become evangelists. Oh, the classic American story. <laughs> <laughs> In 1966, they began working for Pat Robertson's Christian TV network. Oh, jeez. And they created... Wasn't Pat Robertson the 700 Club? They created the 700 Club. Oh, okay, okay. So that was on his network. Right, right, right. So he owned this big Christian network. It was just like kind of just like like a treading water. And then they came in and they did this variety show with like puppets and they had collars and they, it became so famous. I used to, so growing up that was on, the oh, seven, yeah. the, it was on some channel, so right? It was free. Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't free, but it was like early cable. Basically it was like I one remember, of those channels. I remember that just, seeing that on the guide channel and thinking, why is this a TV show about Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth? Like, because they were they were the seven hundred home run club. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to always think it was about baseball, and then I'd turn it, and I always I and I would too. turn I it would on. Always think it was baseball, yeah. And it was not about baseball. <laughs> and then the next day, I would see it again, and I'd be like, "Oh, is this about baseball? <laughs> not about baseball." I hope you turn it on again tomorrow, like hoping it's about And I would do it all the time. I'd yeah. see it, and I, I would just forget that I had went to it the day before, and uh-huh. it wasn't about... Is this about baseball? Right. Not about baseball. Not about baseball. Not about baseball. Should be about baseball. So it became a huge success, the 700 Club. Uh, in 1972, they formed a, n- a network with... Uh, so they left, and they formed a new network with Paul and Jan Crouch called the Trinity Broadcasting Network, and they moved to North Carolina. And then from 1974 to 1987, they hosted the PTL Club, which functioned like kind of a late-night talk show. So it's hmm. kind of like this Christian late-night talk show. I mean, you know, I mean I, there's sense. a huge market. I'm sure there's a... That, yes. Yeah, you could have they a lot of success They had Billy Graham, Oral Roberts, Mr. T, Mickey Rooney. Like, they had all these people, you know, yeah. people who were outspoken Christians, sure. which was great. Yeah. And uh, they founded a satellite network. They did all kinds of, like, revolutionary things. They built a headquarters for their ministry called Heritage Village, and they expanded into the Heritage USA Amusement Park in Fort Mill, South Carolina. It became the third most successful theme park in the U.S. Wow. Yeah, so it's all viewer contributions that like created this, because remember, people had to send of money. Course, of course. And people did. Gosh. Um, uh, so... Uh, people like he was Jim Baker responded to inquiries about his use of mass media by saying, I believe that if Jesus were alive today, he would be on TV. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that, and today and in 2020, Jesus would be on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) They had a very lavish lifestyle. The Bakers, Jim and Tanning Faye. Yeah. And a 1990 New Yorker article, um, yeah, because they're living off people's contributions. Said they personify the most characteristic excesses of the 80s. 
the greed, the love of glitz, the shamelessness, which in their case was so pure as to almost amount to a kind of innocence. Um, and then two big scandals hit the ministry and it totally brought it down. He was accused of sexual misconduct by a church secretary named Jessica Hahn, oh, which yeah, yeah, yeah. led to his resignation and illegal misuse of ministry funds that eventually led to his imprisonment. So basically he was taking these funds from the church to pay off these women to keep them quiet. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes. Amazing. Uh, Jessica Hahn. Yeah, that's a mm-hmm. 90s name. Yep, yeah, for sure. He was dismissed as an Assemblies of God minister on May 6, 1987. In 1990, they made the movie. Um, so how uh, many years did he end up uh, serving? Do you know? Cause, yeah, hold on. Because he was released in December. So they, be- they, right? they started being investigated back in the late 70s. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> so the government was hip to this yeah, scam. Yeah, it was the the FCC finalized the report in 1982 and found that Baker had raised 350000 that he told viewers would go towards funding overseas missions, but were actually used to pay for the theme park. <laughs> <laughs> the report also found that Jim and Tammy Faye used the funds from their TV show for personal expenses. Um, the FCC commissioners voted four to three to drop the investigation. Uh, after which they allowed Baker to sell the only TV station that he owned before bypassing future FCC oversight. Um, They forwarded their report to the Justice Department, who declined to press charges, citing insufficient evidence. Right, I'm sure. And then this whole controversy just made Baker more famous. more money. Yeah. He he was like, oh, the government's trying to to get on me. You know, the Lord doesn't want this. Like, please support me, you know. Uh, he branded it a witch hunt, asking Jeez. viewers to give the devil a black eye. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, in 1985, the IRS uh, report found that $1.3 million in the ministry funds were used for Baker's personal benefit <laughs> from 1980 Gosh. to 1983. And by the way, early 80s, a million and a half bucks. That's so much, so money. much money. They... Uh, the IRS asked that their show be stripped of its tax-exempt status, but no action was taken until the Jessica Hahn scandal in 1987. Um, They think that politics might have played a role um, because members of the Reagan administration were not eager to go after television ministers whose evangelical followers made up their base. It makes sense. Um, so Jessica Hahn received $279,000, uh, to be silent. Uh, she alleged that Baker and former PTL club co-host John Wesley Fletcher drugged and raped her and was paid through the funds from the TV show through Baker's associate Roy, Roe Messner, Roe, which I think is so funny with Roe v. Wade, (laughs) (laughs) uh, so Baker ultimately was the one who made all the financial decisions. So he was the one. Um, yeah. I mean. You know, he allegedly kept two sets of books to conceal all the irregularities. <laughs> Gosh. I, I, do you think that people back then or, you know, it's 80s, early 90s were more crooked or we just didn't know about it? I think it was a lot easier to hide anything. Right, because there was no digital digital no foot- footprint. There's no receipts. Yeah, there's no receipts. Mm. Like you know, now, now people it, used to have three families. People used yeah. to have multiple wives that no one ever knew about. 
Right. Until like five, ten years ago when people finally started finding out through cell phone records. And like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so like it's, it's so much harder to get away with shit like this because there's an email you can trace. There's a, a bank record that's like on your computer. Like <laughs> yeah, there's so there's like camera footage, like yeah. security camera footage or, you know, your cell phone gets pinged at these different towers. And it's just so easy to just, you know, do the lines and figure well, out what's going I, on. Like, like I. I Back then, I feel like people, people were are, so much more shady. Yeah, I can like I can understand why people like um, like my brother in law, like people that live in the country, like might be more armed in their houses. But here, where we live in the city, like y- if you try to rob someone, like you're done. There's a, we have a ring camera here. We have a ring camera there. There's like. Yeah, there's, there's cameras, cameras on the, on the, street. on the streets and the there's telephone the poles. There's everywhere, lights everywhere. You know? Like someone across the street will I pick think it up. Now like, people commit crimes online as opposed to right, in person. Right. It's kind of like stealing your identity. Yeah. And all yeah. That stuff. So yeah. this was just more beta online stealing. You know <laughs> right, what I mean? Right. But like through the books, I think it was a lot easier to cook the books back then. Yeah. Now, um, you know, there are programs like you know, web programs that will just flag things for the IRS whenever something looks shady. Like it's very difficult to I get feel like away maybe, with Maybe like if you're going to be a criminal, you have to be really smart now yeah. to kind of like pull that kind of scam. So, um, Baker ultimately admitted that he did have sex with Han, but he said, uh, he didn't rape her. Jesus told him to do it. Yes. <laughs> said it was consensual. Uh, then he was succeeded by Jerry Falwell. Great. He great. chose Falwell as his successor. Another great guy. Great family. He feared, this is what's interesting, he feared that fellow Pentecostal pastor Jimmy Swaggart was attempting to take over his ministry. Swaggart had initiated a church investigation into Baker over allegations of his misconduct. So Swaggart was the one that was like, um, y'all need to get on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so get Baker's like, this guy's here. trying to take over. He's trying to undermine me. And it's like, yeah, he's just kind of pointing out. <laughs> uh, in 1988, Swaggart became involved in a sex scandal of his own after being <laughs> caught visiting prostitutes in New Orleans. Like, what is it? It's always like these type of people who are telling you how to live do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, yeah. Who, who are like living secret well, double just, shady The Falwells just had their another news. I know, like, the, like with the, the sun. Like, yeah. gosh, come with on. Sun. Yeah. Well, remember we talked also about Larry Flint right. and Fall. Was it wasn't it Falwell? Yeah, was he like, uh, he. Well, that was he how knows he got, what I'm selling, and I know what he's selling. Right, because uh, you know Larry Flint printed a joke about Jerry Falwell yeah, yeah. having sex with his mother in an outhouse yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if I vaguely remember, yeah, yeah. If I, if I remember, <laughs> the specific joke was... Uh, so, ultimately, Baker was indicted in 1988 on eight counts of mail fraud, 15 counts of wire fraud, and one count of conspiracy. In 1989, there was a five-week trial, and the jury found him guilty on all 24 counts. He was sentenced to 40, 45 years in federal prison and a $500,000 fine. He was released December 1st, 1994. So he served like six years, five and five a half. Five years, like owing the IRS $6 million. Yikes. Here's the other, here's the kicker. He kept working. In 2003, he started doing another show from a cafe in Branson, Missouri. <laughs> so he basically became. Why not? Um, and involved in apocalyptism. 
So he's like, Which now he's now? preaching the apocalypse. Oh, he's preaching the end of the world. You got to buy my stuff, my special water for your bunker, my special food for your bunker, my special survivalist gear for your bunker. Love right? it. I'm sure people ate it up. Oh, yeah. He made tons of money Gosh. with his end of days preparations. He wow. wrote a book in 1996 called I Was Wrong. And he admitted that the first time he actually read the Bible all the way through was in prison. So he never read the whole Bible until so he, he owned, went he owned, to prison. He owned up to all of it, huh? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't know about all of it, but yeah, <laughs> he at least admitted that. Some of it. Then, this is my favorite part. At the beginning of this year, 2020, this year. 2020. On his program, which is still like from this cafe in Branson, Missouri. Jeez. He started selling colloidal silver, which he advertised as panacea and said it helped cure the coronavirus. <laughs> hey man look can't knock the hustle hey, jay-z wrote a song 25 years ago can't knock the hustle I mean, in march the attorney general of new york told him to cease his medical claims he did not saying he was being unfairly targeted because of his past and because of his religious views <laughs> in april he was prohibited from accepting credit card transactions <laughs> Baker disclosed to his viewers that his ministry was on the brink of filing for bankruptcy and urgently petitioned them for donations. The following month, GEB America and the World Harvest Television Station dropped his programming from their networks after AT&T, who owned those networks, asked channels to reconsider airing his show. Connecticut-based liberal Christian group Faithful America also began deplatforming uh, that's uh, a shame. him. So yeah, he's shame. basically been deplatformed now because of all this coronavirus conspiracy oh, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he'll find a way back into our hearts and yeah, minds. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, how does he now have a YouTube show or a <laughs> podcast by now? Oh, I mean, so YouTube is where everybody ends up going. Yeah. Because they don't really censor it. So anyway... That's Jim Baker. Wow. I didn't really know that much about him. I just Good knew one. his name. I just remember, I remember Tammy Faye more than him. Uh, yeah. She I mean, was like just more of a standout to me because visually she was just so much more of a standout. Right. And I knew that he had gone to jail. I knew the Jessica Hahn stuff. But I all, remember Jessica Hahn. Everything that kind of happened afterwards I didn't know about. Yeah. Of, you know, obviously he's a scumbag, but. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. I mean, I when I'm watching TV, because I watch Law & Order a lot, you oh, know. You do? And there's like this like guy that's always on like sailing uh, miracle life water, you right. know, and it's just like you just see these people with testimonies. They're like, I drank miracle life water and I got a check in the mail the next day for twenty five thousand dollars. And you're like, but drink it, wh water. Like, <laughs> what is happening? Like somebody gave you fifty dollars to say that like that's how bad you need fifty dollars like that is so sad and yeah, awful and it's like awful. I'm, it's so and and people believe it people, and eat people, it up people so, believe it man honestly the best thing my parents ever taught me was to be skeptical and ask uh, questions ask questions yeah. and so believe whatever you want but be skeptical and ask a lot of questions and then believe what you want from there. Yep. Gather uh, as much information as you can. Don't just blindly believe things. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Knowledge is power. Yeah. You know, the more you know, the more you can defend yourself, too. Yeah. Uh, one wow. last thing before we go. Love it. This was this kind of like felt like the early 90s to me. Okay. But on December 1st, Cindy Crawford and Richard Gere get a divorce. Oh, oh I 
know, right? They were married from 1991 to 1994. Basically, your last podcast to mine. Oh, my gosh. They were married for three years? Yeah, just over three years. Yeah. I mean, talk about a big time celebrity couple. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's is like the height of Richard Gere's, you know, actorial power. They met at a barbecue, like shit. Like they met at a barbecue. Yeah, this guy, this fashion photographer named Herbert Herbert's Herbert. Oh yeah, heard of him. They met him in nineteen. They met in nineteen eighty eight. So she was twenty two. He was thirty nine. Twenty two year old Cindy Crawford. I mean, talk about peak, right? I mean, I remember that one of the highlights of college was when Cindy Crawford finally did Playboy. It was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even remember that she oh, did that. This was like 2001. Just like, oh, my God. That's one of the first Pepsi commercials I ever remember. Also, she, you know, she did House of Style on MTV right, and yeah, like House all that style. stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. she the got. beauty mark. That's because where I she have really a little, blew up. little tiny one on my face. Yeah. And like, I remember until my, I had it. Until she had it, nobody noticed mine. Right. My cousin kind of had one in the exact same spot. And my cousin was beautiful. Uh-huh. And she's two years older than I am. But she had one. And it was just like, you know, she's 5'10 and super thin. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, just like Cindy Crawford. <laughs> you know? Just like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was such a big deal. Yeah, so. such a big deal. Gosh, Cindy Crawford is like so 90s. So 90s. So now, like, like, yeah. if you could, like, a 90s Mount Rushmore, like, I think yeah. Cindy Crawford is probably on it. Like, one of the first really super, super famous models that everyone kind of knew. Yeah, I would say one of the first models that didn't feel like this, like, wafer thin, like, Kate Moss. Yeah, yeah, Because I true, feel like true, Kate true. Moss maybe, like, Kate Moss is super like famous. Early, you know. Kind of late 80s, early 90s. And yeah. Then... But Cindy Crawford felt like. Um, like an Amer, like uh, just Americana kind of yeah, girl. Yeah, there was kind of that crew, right? Like Naomi Campbell, Rachel Hunter. They were all Cindy Crawford. Rachel they Hunter. were all kind of like those like '90s models. That uh, would t- you put Clume in there? I would put Clume in there. I, guess. I thought. I think. I feel like Heidi Clume was kind of early 2000s, but like uh, Tyra Banks was kind of uh, '90s. Yeah. Yeah, Cause, yeah, Because yeah. Tyra, Tyra Banks, Banks was, uh, yeah. she was on Fresh Prince kind of at the uh, end. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, her, fa- her big SI cover. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like those are kind of the big 90s models. But, yeah. man, Cindy Crawford and Richard Gere, wow. Yeah, so at first, Gere didn't want to get married because he thought it would be too suburban. Well, I mean, that dude, that guy, slick, man. Yeah, slick. Who in Hollywood hasn't he slayed? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he gosh. had a long list. Ooh, baby. He changed his mind, and they got married in December of 91. He was on a one-night break from shooting Mr. Jones, and they got on a private jet and headed to Vegas. So they got married in Vegas. Of course they did. Um, it's, they got married at the Sin City Chapel. That's also where Angelina Jolie and Billy Bob Thornton got married. They exchanged rings made out of tinfoil. <laughs> she did not wear white. She wore a navy blue Armani suit. Yeah. And her Brits was the photographer, the guy whose barbecue they met at. Why not? Also, yeah. Why not? Um, they ultimately broke up because, in her words, she just kind of grew up. You know, like she was kind of. Yeah. She said, like, "Oh, I was just kind of a follower when I was young, and it was like I did whatever he wanted to do, and then I started being like, oh, I want to do, you know." And then he just like wasn't having that, you know. Yeah, and why. plus, like when you're her, like he's the guy from Pretty Woman. So when you're, I mean, she was probably 16 when that movie came out or, yeah, or like yeah, whatever, like yeah. 19. And yeah. so it's like, oh my God, the guy from Pretty Woman, I'm going to marry him? That's amazing. Yes, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. And then, he, you know, he's like... But they almo- at least dated for a few, three years yeah, before they that's got true, married. That's true. It's not like they just 
met and got That's married. True. So they. But if you're him, fun. like, you know, he's almost forty. Like, what did they talk about? You know, like, yeah. like you know, imagine imagine conversations you would have with someone who's twenty right now. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, no, th- no, thank you. I don't care how hot she is. I mean, I say that, but <laughs> you say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there were a lot of people said they broke up. They got divorced because they were both secretly gay. Because obviously there were all the gay rumors about him and the Boy, gerbils he, in yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, he has and like then, the yeah, and then sh- they thought she was secretly gay because she was on the cover of a magazine with like Katie Lang. So like oh. everybody was like, "Oh, they're both gay," <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's obviously there was not such true, a big like... gay stigma in the early nineties. Sure, too. like sure, sure. Uh, that was like the first thing that you wanted to call everybody. Right. And, and uh, it was one of those. Yeah, know, she's been married to that. Randy, Gerber, yeah, Randy Gerber, Randy guy, Gerber, he yeah, a bunch of clubs and stuff in town, right? But, yeah, I mean, and then he's remarried and he just had a kid, Richard Gere. Yeah, I think yeah, for yeah. the first time ever. Yeah, like in his sixties. Yeah, which is not safe. Uh, so anyway, they, you know, they ended up getting a divorce. Wow, that's a good one. That was nineteen ninety four. So that's, that's so, my week. That's so nineties. Great job. Thanks. Great job. That's a fun week. Very fun week, yeah. So uh, well, a lot of different things happened that week, yeah. Yeah, a lot. I mean, yes. it's, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's my week. Very nineties, like man, Sydney Crawford, Heidi Flies, and Jim Baker. Like, can you get any more nineties <laughs> in that? Know. That's really good. I don't know. Yeah, I really like doing the earlier parts of the nineties. It seems like too, when you're doing research, there's so much more written down about the early nineties. Right. And then after ninety six, it just kind of trails off. And I don't know if people who were doing research just like stopped putting it in. <laughs> Or well, also just remember late late nineties is like the first internet like started, well, there should be way more coming out I guess I, mean, I don't know what the what yeah the logic or maybe is less scandals started happening because people started getting discovered yeah people got found out yeah yeah it's so funny okay that's it that's our show this week good job yeah thanks follow us on social media and we'll see you next yeah week. so we'll be back to normal next week so uh, be good this week in the nineties podcast.